William Shatner, Ricardo Montalban. The universe just isn't big enough to handle so much machismo. We watched Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan to find out how good was it. Welcome back to How Good Was It, where we review the movies of our past and sometimes even the present. And this week, I'm very excited to report that we have an old favorite, or what I think is an old favorite. Um, this, of course, is a Scott pick, because he picks everything nowadays, it yeah, seems. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hello, Scott. Hey, what's happening, Jim? And it's the return of our, I don't know, Dana, you're not a guest anymore at this point. You're, you're fucked. You're one yeah. of us, and, and you're done. <laughs> And for better or worse, you're locked in. Hello, Dana. Yeah, f- fuck that guest shit. You're part of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> Oye, papi chulo. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I, that's all I keep thinking about. It's like, man, what's that one? Uh, is there any show where like the guest just overstays their welcome? I'm totally that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not overstaying anything, bro. You're always welcome. And I appreciate that you probably speak better spanish than me at this point um it sounds like it. your spanish is perfect but uh yeah man this week audience we have a very special pick from scott i will let scott do the honors of introducing this film what have you got for us this week man on! oh sorry I'm, I'm doing my best my best uh, shatner impression from the film the only thing i remember from this film uh we're, we're doing star trek 2 the wrath of khan beyond the darkness Beyond the human evolution is Khan, a genetically superior tyrant, exiled to a barren planet, banished by a starship commander he is destined to destroy. Left for dead, he has survived. I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the under. Taris, Maelstrom, and round Perdition's flames before I give him up. I shall leave you as you left me, marooned for all eternity, buried alive, buried alive. Sean! Sean! At the end of the universe lies the beginning of vengeance. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to give our audience a little reminder of what we do here at How Good Was It? Each episode is broken up into two halves. The first half is all about our recollection from memory of the movie. We then pause, we watch the movie, and we come back to go over how much we got wrong, how much we got right, and most importantly, does the movie still hold up? Is it as good or as bad as we remember it to be? With that, let's get into this week's movie. And I, I that was my bad uh, Shatner impression of him yelling Khan. I was hoping and counting on you doing that. And that's why I allowed you to introduce this week's subject. Yes, Yes. Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. Don't get it twisted. It's not one of the newer ones from Abrams or whoever else is doing it nowadays. No, we're going back to the day. We're going Ricardo Montalban on this bitch. Oh, yeah. Yes. With the the original Star Trek 
Crew, Leonard yes. Nimoy, William Shatner, uh, the Koenig guy, Uhura, <laughs> uh, whatever their names may be, um, it's them. And we are doing The Wrath of Khan. This is very exciting for me. I love sci-fi. Um, I am a huge geek as per sci-fi movies. Doesn't mean I remember anything about this movie, but <laughs> but I do remember that I think I quite liked it. Okay. And um, man, I hope it. Oh man, I just thought if if it doesn't hold up, I'll be so damn disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that that is true. That is true. Yeah, this was definitely a movie that I remember really, really like. I, you know, I I got into the Star Trek show. Uh, obviously, it reruns. You know, the 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 show aired in uh, was it the sixties? I think in the sixties. It, it was it in the sixties, I believe. Yeah. Like mid mid early to mid sixties. Yeah. Probably about mid sixties, I think. And uh, I remember when the first movie came out in the late 70s and not liking it, you know, (laughs) wanting wanting to go see it in the theater. And like, what is it It was such a 70s film. I don't know if you guys remember. They they wore they wore weird outfits. It was really it just didn't seem like Star Trek. You know, it didn't seem like the television show, even though it was the same cast. I think they did add a couple people here and there and there. And then um, then this movie came out a few years later. I think early 80s is probably this movie. And it was more like the TV show. You know, it was it was they started looking like they used to. You know, this is from a storyline from the TV show. You know, Khan was a villain in, in an episode of, of Star Trek. Fantasy Islands, Ricardo Montalban was in this. You know, it's I mean, yes. come on. I mean, you can't, can't go wrong with a with a cool mullet wig and fake muscles. It was great. Yeah, it was great. And he played it in the original series for that one so. episode. Yeah, I, I believe so. he did. Let me tell you, he didn't look that much different in the movie. You got to understand the, the original Star Trek series aired, it, it, like we said before, in the 60s. It only ran a few seasons, I believe. Yeah, that was one of the better known episodes starring Ricardo Montalban as a villain named Khan. And when he returned to play this role in the very early 80s, as Scott mentioned as well, it was like no time jump, man. He looked the same. <laughs> he looked pretty much the same. Um, the wig got worse, but, yes. but he looked the same. Yeah. And except for I think they did. I, I do remember he was he had a fake like chest plate to make him look like he had packs. Like in the whole movie, he has his shirt open. I, I do remember that <laughs> trivia is that those are not his muscles. And for sure, I know this, too, because I watched uh, Naked Gun a couple of days ago on TV, which I watched Naked Gun at least once or twice a year. And uh, he's the villain in that. And yeah, it, that movie is about the same time period. And is definitely not his muscle. Now you mentioned Naked Gun. Does this mean we can't do Naked Gun? Because you see, oh, I, so I, can, I, I don't mind doing. It. I, uh, I, I will pretend like I don't remember every line and every scene in the movie because uh, I just can't resist watching that whenever I have a chance. It's a date, bro, because that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. And that and the series that led up to it, what was it, Police Squad? I think Police Squad, correct? Oh, classic. But um, you know what? Dana's giving us that millennial look. Like I don't know what the f these guys are talking about i'm just gonna stay shut till they speak about something i can relate to dana i mean you being the young buck of this crew what do you, are you familiar with any of these early star trek movies like like scott mentioned the first one were, were you ever privy to the first one because that was like late 70s i think i'm literally sitting here i'm just like okay uh picard 
Oh wait, Ration. When's a guy from Quantum Leap gonna show up? Is that what you're looking for? This is all a foreign language, and it's like there's no green boobs in this. I am, I am completely lost. No, no, I mean this pre-episode is about five seconds long of Dana feature because <laughs> all I remember is exactly what Scott started off with was yes. Khan and then all of the uh, the different variations of parody of people saying Khan. <laughs> that is about it. But but I, I do, you know, like clearly it, it has a big hit on uh, pop culture and just mm-hmm. how long it's been around and you know, I I think that's pretty much where I'm just left at. But I I, I I'm Did you watch the series? I'm not gonna lie. Did you watch the original series? I I've never seen like you know some episodes here and there. Like I mean I I, I know a lot of the the people, but I, I think I'm just being the main two people. You know, Leonard Nimoy and you know doing our our whole oh, wow. and live long and prosper. <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, that's about as far as I get. Um, you know the, the new stuff. I I, I kind of remember with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he plays Khan uh, in the new ones. He does. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like I I'm laughing so hard thinking that we really went from Ricardo Montalban to Benedict Cumberbatch, and they couldn't be that much more far apart. That uh, was a huge that movie. Just <laughs> yeah. And you know I was okay with like I think the first reboot that they did of. Uh, you know, the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, I thought was okay. I'm like, oh, you know, this is enjoyable. It's not, you know, a little more action and this and that, but whatever, it's fine. But that one was the one that got me off the off the Abrams train. It's like, uh, I just did not enjoy that one with uh, Cumberbatch. So he did the second one as well, J.J. I believe he did. I think he did. Did they? Yes. I think they did three of them. I think maybe he directed all three yeah. of them. Really? I, because I, the, I, the second one felt like it had a very different tone from the first. Yeah. For me, from what I remember. Um, and I didn't find it to be that bad. It's just that, um, <laughs> you know, no, it's no, one of those night and day, like, June. No, no, yeah. night and day. I'm yeah. with you. Like, if I would have never known, <laughs> like that, those were the two same characters. I would be like, why would anybody make such? Just call it a different name. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and they kept it a secret too. You know, J.J. Abrams, full of his secrets, full of his you know, in his full lost mode would not, you know, leading up to the film, everyone kept saying, oh, he, uh, come back, he's playing Khan, right? No, 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 no he's he not playing Khan, this and that, and, you know, he wanted he wanted to save it for the movie. It's like, all right, dude, all yeah. right, I, I get it. He was very unsuccessful in that respect because everybody knew he was supposed right. to be Khan. I think, he, I think he's ruined two franchises between Star Wars and Star Trek. <laughs> what, what other what other things from our childhood can he ruin? Uh, Let's see. Can you take on Godzilla and and, and make it shitty for me? I, don't, I don't give know. him any ideas. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't listen to this podcast podcast anyway. But please don't give him any ideas. So yeah, this was uh, an offshoot. Now you we got to remember. You would think that Star Trek back then would have led the way as far as becoming a movie, right? You yeah. would have thought it would be would have came out maybe before even Star Wars. Yeah. And why didn't anyone think to make a film? And I'm sure there probably must have been some kind of attempt. Or it talks at some point. I mean, in the 60s, when the when the original series came out, it was very popular. But it mm-hmm. wasn't until afterwards, it, when it was in syndication, that that uh, a whole new generation really got into it and the whole Trekkie thing started. Um, but what really set it in motion, from what I recall, and internet, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure people out there will. 
with the success of Star Wars, all the movie houses went into full sci-fi mode. Yeah. And of course, they were like, well, shit, why can't we dig up Star Trek, which was one of the original sci-fi film. Well, I shouldn't say film series or anything on the, on the screen, for that matter, that was sci-fi. And so that helped juice up making a Star Trek movie. And like Scott said, the first one was not that great. Boring. It was, I remember being very boring. I don't remember the yes. plot. I just remember being boring. It was. So yeah, it was like, what was the plot? <laughs> yeah, like, Who knows? It was yeah. very slow burn. And it, the, the action was really bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. It was nice to see. I think a lot of people were jazzed about seeing the original crew come back. Mm. And there were moments of it, from what I recall, that really looked nice on screen. It was nice to see the Enterprise or whatever on the big screen. But again, it wasn't until the second one that they got some legs going on that franchise. And the second one is like night and day compared to the first yeah. one. I think they they nailed a few in a row. I want to say two, three, and four are all very good. Um, yeah. yeah, the after this one's uh, Star Trek three, the search for Spock. You know, yeah, which spoiler, is very spoiler good. alert for the con movie. Uh, and then <laughs> four four is the one with a time travel, and they uh, they go back to present day Earth. Remember, there's like a thing with like whales where they needed you, you whales. Know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, they needed they, the the yeah, whale song. To save I think future. we should do that movie because it is insane. But I, I remember really, really liking that one. That one was like the funny Star Trek movie. That was like the one that was, uh, I think, I want to say Nimoy directed that one. I'm pretty sure he directed that one. Okay, so now that you mentioned, I, I believe you're right. Nimoy did direct that one, which Carl Shatner was, you know, he's he was like one of the original divas. Yes, really, he a, was. He is uh, an egomaniac, which I... I yeah. guess I, I would we didn't say this on the podcast. The reason why I chose this film this week was is because there's a special screening of uh Star Trek to uh Raph of Khan here in Tampa tomorrow, and Shatner is gonna do questions QA afterward. So I, I get to get the experience of watching the movie and then listen to Shatner ramble on for I'm sure a long time. So it, it'll be interesting. See, now we missed an opportunity to have him on the podcast because I'm sure he would have said yes. I, I will definitely ask him. I'm sure he's <laughs> like in his late 80s or, you know, around 90. And he would love to be on a podcast after I explained to him what a podcast is. <laughs> you know, oh, we, we we talked about his mask before and now we're yes. talking about his movies. Like, clearly we are stopping the man. So, yes. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. A lot um, of promotion on this podcast for Mr. William Shatner, for sure. You guys definitely triggered me. So the one difference I think I remember about this particular film, and I guess relative violence mm -hmm. and blood, like yeah. I, I think Star Trek, you never really had any of that, especially in the television show. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it was like really, really quick or anything. But the thing I remember about this one was like, oh, man, this is so violent. But like I, I am sure this re this rewatch is going to be absolutely bananas. <laughs> We're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> like the one streak of blood, the one scratch mark that just looks terrible. Like this mm -hmm. is this is going to be interesting. Good good choice, Scott. I, I think I recall. Wasn't there like a a a, a physical altercation between them? Um... Kirk and Khan in this one, like like they came to blows. It wasn't oh, just I'm like, sure. yeah, like, okay, yeah. Okay. No, he's Kirk. Always, he's got to fight someone. You know, Shatner has to fight somebody. He has to do that two handed move where he hits you in the back. <laughs> he did, he did, he puts his two hands together. He he slams them down on your back. He did that in 
I think almost every TV episode yes. ever. That was his signature move. So so we think okay, so the first one I believe came out around 79-ish. 78. I would 79. think so. Yeah, it's gotta be late 70s. So I'm thinking this one, which was the sequel, mm-hmm. came out around 82. I I I agree with you. I, I have no idea, but I'm thinking you're about right. I'm gonna say like around 82, 83. Yeah. Um, and I have no basis for that other than the observation that I just made. I could be totally wrong. Do Did we you remember? see it in the theater? I saw this in the theater. I believe I did. <clears throat> and I believe I saw the first one in the theater as well. Yeah, I don't think I saw the first one in the theater. I, I did see this one. I did. I think it was one of those movies that my dad was really jazzed about seeing. And especially because my dad, like I've mentioned before in this podcast, he was a big movie buff. So he loved Star Wars. Yeah. You know, he, had, he went bonkers over Star Wars. He had never seen anything like it. And then he goes to he takes me to see Star Trek and I and he was just like what the fuck is this? <laughs> and and everyone was bored <laughs> yeah like, like he was like he was like that wasn't Star Wars I was like no that it was Star Trek yeah I'm gonna have to <laughs> find the first one I think I'm gonna watch the first one before we record part two of this if I can fit it into my suits watching but uh, <laughs> oh, I uh, I will uh, I because I I am curious because that that was one of the ones that I remember seeing a lot on cable and like kind of watching and being bored by it. never watching it probably. All all the way through, you know, other than the first time, just always being turned off by it. just like just the look of it. It had such a 70s vibe. I think I I said this about the Exorcist, you know, the Exorcist seemed very 70s to me. That Star Trek seemed very 70s, almost like disco to me. That's what it reminded me of. You know, it was it was and I I, I want to watch it again just to to see if I can figure it out now. I, maybe eight year old Scott didn't quite understand it what, what was going on, but you know, disco as an adjective that is the best. Oh, by the way, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah that, no, it's that shit was so disco. I like that mm-hmm. as an adjective. No, yeah, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna run that one. Um, the only thing I remember that was good about the first one was the freaking movie poster. The movie poster was awesome. I, I know really the movie beautiful movie yeah. I think it I think it was that artist who did like every poster in the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a uh, uh, Drew Struzan, but I could be wrong. Oh, I was gonna say cocaine was that artist, but okay. I mean, yeah, he's this Drew oh. Struzan guy too. <laughs> no, that was his middle name. So <laughs> cocaine. What do we remember? Do we remember anything about the plot of this movie? I know it was kind of against the crew I of think the, so. the Enterprise, but yeah. outside of that, I don't remember what they were fighting about. So I think back on the television show, I believe Con somehow uh Shatner or Captain Kirk tricks Khan into being marooned on this planet with uh, with with his followers and no way off of it like their ship is like disabled i remember what he did they uh in shatter just leaves them there yeah they they they, they said peace out and the and the star trek enterprise takes off i guess they, they find a way out i don't remember how they, they they get out of this planet and he's out for revenge against um shatner i believe he kidnapped shatner's son you know shatner has a son and ex-wife or like a, a baby's mama, I think, not even ex-wife. Yeah, that, it was more uh, like a baby's mama. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I think uh, he gets a hold of that. I think Shatner goes for to try to save them, and eventually, you know, just like in every episode of Star Trek, the bad guy gets a hold of the ship. You know, I think Khan in the end ends up in charge of the ship for a little while. Sends, I think, he sends Shatner down to the planet that he was marooned on. I, yeah, I don't remember how it ends other than the fact that, you know, spoiler alert, Spock dies in it. Yes. You know, Spock uh, 
to to save the day, he's got to go into this some kind of reactor full of radiation, switch one little thing out, just the Star Trek logic. All it is is this one thing he's got to change, and he basically dies of radiation poisoning. Uh, Shatner was going to do it himself. Captain Kirk was the one to do it, but Nimoy either, switched it on him. Yeah, or Spock, I should say, switched yeah, he, it on him. And, and yeah, well, yeah, he yeah. put him to sleep. He, he did his little sh- in <laughs> that Vulcan him nerve cluster. Yep. Thing yeah. yeah, and then he he gets in there, and then Shatner and him look each other through the glass all lovingly, and then Spock dies. I'm not gonna and... front, man. When I was a kid, that fucked me up. Oh, for Watching sure. That, that was a very touching scene. It's the it's the only scene besides the big moment when when Ricardo Montalban is shouting, or or um, William Shatner is shouting Khan's name. Yeah. But uh, but uh, that end scene I remember vividly because it really touched me. They, they did it very well. Yeah, and then they do a funeral for him afterwards. You know, yeah. not another sad scene, and they shoot his ass into space. Yeah, and, <laughs> like so much space garbage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, I'm out. <laughs> I got uh green bitches to, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. I, I, chances are there wasn't much of a deep plot to this, right? It's not going to be too involved as as any Star Trek ca- chapter. It's only yeah. later on that it started getting a little convoluted when they started other um you know, series based on the whole Star yeah. Trek franchise. That's when the lore and the history started being written. And yeah. I have I can't make heads or t- there are so many Star Trek offerings right now. Yeah. Um, I have a friend oh, who's 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 who listens to this podcast. You know who damn well who you are. And he's always keeping me up to he loves Star Trek and he watches all that shit. And he'll spend hours explaining it to me and it's to no avail. Because oh, I, don't I don't want him to listen to the first half and see what the hell I just got wrong with when I was doing my he's he's at home like <laughs> screaming motherfucker Shatner's kid's not in this one you know it's gonna be something like that you know I, I should have asked part him. four exactly yeah. I should have uh, asked him to be a guest but then he yeah. would have overtaken the whole show <laughs> wouldn't have needed us for anything so we can't have that now you mentioned earlier about Nimoy directing one of the movies and I believe it was mm-hmm. like the it was the third or the fourth one it was the fourth one maybe the one uh, with the whales was that the fourth one I think that yeah was I, that's the fourth one I believe yeah which led from what I remember which led Shatner to bitch and moan till they let him direct one himself yes true and that was a clusterfuck yeah man. now see I'm wondering you know I'm almost doubting myself did did Spock do the search for Spock and then Shatner did four uh, did Spock do four, and then Shatner did five. I, you're, you're right, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure Shatner did direct one. I believe Shatner did five. Yes, which, which was, I think is a bad one, right? Which was absolutely horrid. And it, I and think I, it's bad because I don't remember. I know I've seen it, <laughs> but I don't remember at all. I don't even remember a title. It was uh, The Undiscovered Country. Oh, is that the one that mixes the new generation with it, or no? No, no, no. no. This was before okay. that. This okay. is the one that people tend or you know on purpose they they forget yeah it was pretty bad they were basically looking for god (laughs) oh i remember this one i do remember this one you know i remember kind of liking that one too (laughs) well i think what it was about that one was he had a hand in writing it as well i think he wanted some kind of writing credit that's when it went awry. Yeah, and also this one for so for whatever reason it didn't have the budget of the previous ones. Yeah, so the effects were pretty horrid, man. They yeah, that really one scene bad. where T.J. Hooker like shoots at the god guy was it didn't seem right. <laughs> I, I didn't seem like it fit in there. <laughs> Dana, do you even know who T.J. Hooker is? 
Seems like, well, like, yet yeah. another reference with, with our, our good 80s, but these plots sound so fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't think a whale plot sounds good, Dana? I mean, come on. Well, uh, even even now, which I, I I I get that you know movies, you just gotta you gotta put something on screen and let it go. But you basically described that the plot to this one about you know Revenge of Khan is the same plot for what Castaway. Like you just got, <laughs> yeah, you got left on an island, and now he wants revenge. Is that yeah? If happened? Tom Hanks comes back and then takes out um uh what's a, the FedEx company for for leaving him on that island, then yeah, I think that probably works. <laughs> he, he takes out Wilson, and Wilson actually is the one that gets frozen. And yeah, yeah. no, I mean yeah. these I plots. Think, yeah, yeah, you're like, right; it is very similar. Well, let's just go to how good was it? Then? <laughs> pretty much nailed it. Um, no, no, I mean, look, the, the thing about these Star Trek movies at least the first the, the those these from the 70s going into the 80s um they were very simple premises i mean there was nothing to them again it started getting convoluted once they started with next generation and all yeah. that stuff they yeah, lost me man they really lost like well, like i was like it's uh, too much going on i don't know who these people are yeah i think it's kind of like you know you know like you said earlier the star trek the original series was on for a few years and not a lot of episodes in a season. So then you now they're trying to fill content with the next generation when they when they start these new series, you they start running out of ideas and they, they're doing new seasons and they're doing 20 something episodes and they got to do these crazy ass story arcs with the, the Borg and all this other stuff. And yeah, they start adding on and now it is convoluted. And now there's, you know, they go back in time and they do a series from a different time and they do. Yeah. And then after a while, it, it gets confusing. That and and now it's become a running joke where every Star Trek movie now, it's just the Enterprise going down in flames in this. Oh, always. That seems yeah. to be every other movie now. Yeah, like they, they've rebuilt lost, that fucking thing every, yes. every couple of years. They got to rebuild that ship because it's always blowing up. So what else can we say about this movie? I mean, I don't know. I I do remember really liking it. I I do honestly remember really liking it. It was uh, no doubter in my mind that this is good, but I have not seen this movie since the 80s. So we'll see. It's going to be the same for me. And like I said earlier, man, I'm going to be so disappointed if this Uh, I really am. This is going to murder part of my childhood if it's bad. mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm scared to watch it. Dana's already laughing. I mean, he's like, prepare. Prepare to slit your wrists. Well, Juno, Santa is not real. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Just want to prepare you. I just want to let you down nice and soft but uh yeah this this is an amazing pick because i i i am three for three i have not seen this literally childhood um and childhood where it was just like not even like true formative years it was just yeah it it was just always on so Mm -hmm. it was always on cable it it it, the the big thing definitely about star trek it it forever just they were always pumping it. it it didn't matter what channel um movies syndication mm-hmm. i mean everywhere you look um it, I, so now i understand why you and your father uh probably ruined um thanksgiving well r.i.p uh ruined thanksgiving between one being a uh a trekkie and, and one being star wars because just you know star wars did have the bigger glamour but yeah the, i mean star trek like they they stuff it down your throat like you just can't you, you can't escape it so yeah yeah it, it's yeah. it's going to be interesting yeah. yeah, I think, you know, those two franchises, I think for a little while in the 80s were running neck to neck. I can remember as a kid being there was a there was a bit of a divide like, oh, I'm a Trekkie. I'm a 
I'm into Star Wars. And it wasn't that, you know, huge of a gap. I think still it was more people probably Star Wars still, but you know, the the it was a very strong Trekkie base. And I I don't know. I think um I think after maybe our generation, I don't think it mattered anymore. It was definitely gone to Star Wars and there was other things. And Star Trek, I think, you know, probably hangs 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 on by the millennial by the gen xers and the baby boomers I, I don't know if the the younger generations care at all about star trek i know it's still on but I, i'm not i don't know anybody who who's young that, that knows it oh i don't either the only people i know that are into star trek are like around my age group mm-hmm. you know like i said i have one apart one friend in particular and you know who you are motherfucker you're listening <laughs> uh and he's laughing as i'm as a, he's probably hearing this and probably cursing me out for not letting him guest on this episode. Oh, you know, there's always a second half. He, we, I don't think he needs to give us... Uh, I'm sure he probably knows everything about this movie. So the first half is probably lost on him. Uh, and, we'll bring uh, him on the, on the whale episode for sure. Ted <laughs> <laughs> Data's like, I'm out on the whale episode. Bring him on. The, you, Scott, you mentioned before, and I've totally forgot that there was there was a film where they did the whole crossover. They did, and they and they kill Shatner the in it crew. too. It's yeah. a it's a next generation film, and uh, Shatner dies in it. it. They kill him off in it, oh, and wow. um, yeah, Shatner was way too old to do it. I remember he kind of had an action scene where he dies, and uh, yeah, he uh, he looks like Shatner now, and it's not really <laughs> a, it wasn't really a great idea to have him keep doing the the character, but yeah. They could have just had Michael Myers do it with the mask. And, yeah, that's you know. true. Um, so when did that come out? That must have because because the next generation came out what early nineties or late eighties? Yeah, I, it was in the eighties when that came out. Yeah, okay. that was that's oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was early nineties. Okay, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Um, they but the definitely pumped that movie. Yeah, sure. I think I maybe that movie. early early two thousands. Maybe what was that movie? I I remember watching the next generation films and think they they were fine, but you know, not not having like a yeah, a great fondness for them. A lot of the appeal to the original Star Trek crew was, was the cast. Yeah. You know, I mean, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner was like this cocky bastard, uh, borderline arrogant, very full of himself and, and could not fail. Um, and watching the newer ones, the J.J. Abrams and whoever else is directing them at this point, you know, you have, uh, I, th- I believe it's Chris Pine. As, Chris Pine. As, yeah, Chris as Pine. The Kirk character. And he does fine. I mean, he does okay. But it's like, it's just, there's something about William Shatner in that role. You know, he he has a certain way of delivering lines. He mm-hmm. has a certain way, even his movements. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. And you just can't take your eyes off him. It's He's yeah. mesmerizing. And, and uh, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy as Spock. I mean, come on. No one else could be Spock. Yeah, I mean, iconic. there have been like a million Spock since then. There's a new one now and and some new show where they have the original crew played by a younger cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched it. I'm 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 going by what I've been told. <laughs> but yeah, I think I tried one of those and maybe watched like an episode. I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch it anymore. Is there anything else we may want to add about Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan? No, I think I'm ready to watch it. Well, I'm ready to watch it with Shatner tomorrow. <laughs> you would old uncle will it's just having a good time yeah you know, just <laughs> get him on the yeah, podcast yeah. man that's all i can no. say it'd be no. a grand old time to have william shatner while he's still here okay then i guess with that i guess we could get to watching this movie all right all right let's, let's do, do this um listeners thank you for joining in on the first half of this episode as always please follow like subscribe and all that good stuff check out 
all the other goodies we have on our YouTube channel and full length episodes are available via our RSS feed, which you could go online and everything we've done is there as well as on your favorite streaming platform, Spotify, Google, Apple, all that good shit. Dig in because by now we have quite a library of content that we'd love to share with you and, I, and that we think that you would probably enjoy. Okay, guys, let's say bye and let's watch Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. All right, let's do it. Joe AP! <laughs> Sit tight. We'll be right back with How Good Was It? Do you have memories about this week's film that you'd like to share with us? Hit us up at How Good Was It Pod. For X, formerly known as Twitter, at HGWIPod. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, where you'll find video promos for each and every episode. Welcome back to How Good Was It? Where we review the movies of our past, because we have nothing better to do as three old men, or two old men, because Dana's not exactly, he's a millennial. He's not, we're, what, uh, Scott and I were Gen X? Are we Gen X for sure, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Did Um, you almost, did you say baby boomers? I said boomers. I skipped (laughs) the baby, because we don't have babies. We're the only cool (laughs) generation, Gen X. Gen X, the the, the only generation that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure the other generations will differ with that, so. Mm -hmm. But anyway, hello, Scott. Hey, welcome back, Jim. And welcome back, Dana. Lucky puppy. <laughs> he turns me on so much when he turns on the screen. <laughs> um, yes, welcome back to the second half of our Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan episode. We have watched this movie, and as usual, I just finished watching it like about an hour or so ago. Doesn't mean it's fresh in my memory. Uh-huh. Um, but I did watch it, as did Scott and as did Dana. So let's jump right in to Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Now, just to be clear, as I said in the first ep- uh, first half of this episode, it's not one of these new Star Trek jammies that have come out in the last no. decade or so. No J.J. Abrams here. We're talking about the original crew. William 1982, Shatner. this came out. Yes, Leonard Nimoy, Walter Koenig, George Takei, or is it Takai? I don't know. Takai. Uh, the Michelle, what's her name? Who oh. plays a role? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, yeah, just to be clear, we're talking about the original Star Trek, too. And, um, wow, you said uh, 1982? 1982, yes. Okay, um, I gotta say, it feels, and it looks like 1982. Mm-hmm. I dare say it feels like 1976. Really? See, I so what I did was I watched the first film first. I watched the of Star Trek the Motion God, Picture, um, which was Nerd. absolutely horrible. Just as I remembered it, <laughs> it is so slow and boring and so ugly and seventies looking. They have they're wearing really really weird outfits. Uh, there's some bald chick in there for some unknown reason. Uh, it, it is a really boring one. I, I, I'll recap really quick. Th- this is the big twist for the first movie. The whole the, the bad guy in this movie is called Vigor, I think. Vigor. They keep talking Vigor this, Vigor that, yeah. <laughs> you find out at the end of the film 
they that is actually Voyager. That it's, it's the Voyager space probe somehow got mixed up with some kind of artificial intelligence and uh, became super powerful. And but the the middle of Voyager was um, somehow scuffed up, so it could it it kept calling itself Vigor instead of Voyager, and it just didn't know its own name. And, and it, that's that that's pretty much the movie. And you're saying this was the twist. Of the... <laughs> the, the twist was yeah that it was actually the Voyager probe. It, it it is really bad. I fell asleep watching it. I had to rewatch it because I fell asleep, and I, it was a waste of two hours. Any episode of Suits is ten times better than Star Star Trek the Motion Picture. <laughs> For reference, audience, we just finished uh, recording our second Suits episode, so it's still lingering in our heads. So forgive us if we keep bringing the series up. Mm-hmm. But um, I had actually entertained the thought of watching the first one yesterday, the first You're Star so Trek. You're so lucky you did and, not. And and of course, I have to trust my gut. I have to honor my instinct, and my instinct said, "No, June, just." Dude, and I remembered it was to bad, too. And I put myself through it. So, well, yeah. I mean, I, one thing I appreciate about you, Scott, is you are thorough. So yeah. I count on Thor- you Thoroughly that. stupid. Uh, <laughs> so, but I didn't find it that. I mean, yeah, some of the uh, special effects weren't great in it. But I, it didn't didn't distract me from the film. What about you, Dana? What, what What's your impressions of how it looked? Well, first, I'd like to comment that... Uh, the real plot twist on uh, Star Trek One is that you're amazing at phonetics because uh, when you kept saying vigor, I just uh, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> I just kept thinking to myself wow. like he's really good at enunciating. And don't worry, we'll get can- we'll get canceled about something later, Scott. <laughs> but you know, uh, you brought up something that it's that I was afraid of because what I remembered most about Star Trek and why I never really was big into it is I hated the pacing. Like, I get that they try to take you into an imaginary world, but I always just felt like every single episode or every single movie that I I recalled was like, the pacing was so damn slow. And then you finally get there. Um, I would say that I'm with you, knowing the times that this came out, it is funny to think about the technology, but it didn't really bother me too much. I mean, I I think... uh, what it's supposed to be what the year 2285 and you know yeah they they pretty much had flashlights flashlights were like the big technology that felt like (laughs) every single thing but uh you know but it it didn't distract me as much as i thought Uh, this honestly i i i will save some of this for how good was it i was surprised by this movie of just how much uh when you haven't seen something in so long and then kind of watch it as if it's the first time again it's like there are things I really didn't mind, but I, I think the pacing was the thing that I went into and just was surprisingly happy that it wasn't really crazy like that. Um, Ooh, and I the think first that one, the, the Star Wars. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So, the so first it's funny one, like it takes them like, like 10 minutes, just they're taking a shuttle going to the enterprise and it's slowly going on the enterprise and you're watching it slowly light up and nothing is happening. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just uh, so boring. So I, I, I touched upon that in the first half of this episode concerning the Star Trek movies. And they really made it a point, and it seems to be in every every installment of this franchise, dealing with the first, with the original crew and the real, the original ship, the Enterprise, is that they have the, the obligatory scene where they like, it's almost like Enterprise porn, where, yeah. where they do these slow shots in every angle mm-hmm. of this ship. And let me tell you something. 
this ship wasn't that pretty. I, I <laughs> no. mean, like, like, like there had been enough science fiction movies that have been out by then. I mean, yeah. even talking early eighties. This is no Millennium Falcon, you know. Th- no. This, uh, yeah, no. no. It, it, this this look, it, it let's call it what it is. It's like a a a plate with, you know, two dangly things <laughs> at the end. I mean, it look it, it looked cool, and it especially, I'm sure, it looked extra cool in the sixties during yeah. the original series. But I will say this: I, I'm not sure. So I watched this movie, um, I think it was on Paramount Plus, because I yes. have like a free subscription or something, right? So I happened to have it. And I got to say, I don't know if I saw maybe a, a, a special edition where they cleaned it up or something, but mm-hmm. it actually looked spectacular, especially later in the movie when they go through some nebula zone or something mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And yeah, the ship always looks like a toy floating through space. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> But the backgrounds, the 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 space itself yeah. looked really cool. And 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 so and it made the toy ship even stick out like a sore thumb. Even yeah. Though, you know, it was yeah. like here's this toy ship, and you almost expect to see the wire over it pulling it or whatever. Yeah. It did look nice. It was I guess I saw a cleaned up version or something because it looked flawless. Um, could you did, did Shatner's wig look uh look flawless in that as well? It or could not salvage that to pay for <laughs> shit. No, I'm sorry. That came to in fact I, it probably worked against it. It's like you know, when you see things in 4K and you see like every birthmark and detail on someone's yeah. face, that's that's the effect this cleanup did on uh Shatner's toupee. It made it apparent that there was a wig thing going on on his head. So that worked against him for sure. Should but, we get into the plot? I think we yeah, we're we, yeah. we talking about the whole Yeah, let's uh, dive in, man. Let's uh, dive in. So so I mean from from what I recall and of course I count on you guys to correct me cuz I'll probably uh-huh. be wrong. It starts out with a psych out basically. We mm. see a situation going on within I think it's the Enterprise. Oh. And did we mention that Kirsty Alley was in Yes, I thought I thought she was only in part I thought she was in part 3. I think she was she was in part 2. I had totally forgot it was this movie she was in. Now, was this her first big role? I think so. I think she yeah. had. I she had come. It was before. It was her first as like a, as a principal. Yeah, I think yeah. is what I read. Yeah, she yeah. Just looked young. She looked really young. Oh my gosh, she looked like a child almost. Uh-huh. It, was, it was so charming to see her in this role. And you know, and she, she was she, good. Yeah, she, she was good. good. I mean, she. I mean, I think well, she did good too. Yeah, she was playing a well, stiff ass Vulcan. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, what are you gonna do with that character? But. They never bring. I don't think they bring her back. I don't think she's in three or any of the other movies after this. But yeah, I, I thought they should have brought her back. Okay, just probably too big of a star by then. Just yeah, she might have been on Cheers after this. You know, probably yeah. not too long. She got on on to Cheers. Uh, they would stand to reason. But yeah, it starts off. Um, this movie starts off with uh, they're doing some kind of exercise, but they they, they you don't know it's an exercise, and you see Kirstie Alley's uh, character sitting in the captain's chair. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Because, you know, you're like, it's Star Trek. Where's Shatner in that chair? Where's uh, Leonard Nimoy? Where's but no, Leonard Nimoy's the there. And so they are Bones. there. The rest of yeah, the they're yeah. all there. And Sulu. That is true. You're uh, right. And Uhura. Uh, but you see some commotion go on. And 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 uh, <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> those funny, those explosions in the... Yeah. In the, in the <laughs> and they're like falling <laughs> and leaping around <laughs> and, playing, and playing dead. <laughs> A flashlight so goes off. Yes. It, it doesn't so seem happy. safe. It doesn't really seem like a good work environment, like a safe work environment. Not at all. Not at all. But I guess uh, Kirstie Alley is going through some exercise. 
And we we discover that William Shatner when he walks in. And of course, you know, anytime William Shatner makes his appearance in any of these movies, it has to be a glorious thing, right? I mean, he, they, yeah. the door to the cockpit opens and there's light behind them. Like it's and a then god. And you can see that hair. You can see that, yes. that silhouette of the hair. You know who it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, the note that I wrote down was white shaft. that describes william shatner to the t um <laughs> he makes his grand entrance and we've learned that this was an exercise a training exercise of sorts william shatner is not a captain anymore of any ship he's been promoted to some position where it looks like he just sits around all day and does nothing and shows up at the ship just to make some one or two comments but uh yeah from there we go where so the the test is what so the test is basically an impossible no win-win yeah situation the, yeah, yeah. Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru yeah they kept yeah. bringing it up over and over and over again and all I kept thinking about was the guy who ate hot dogs so like, uh, I, that's <laughs> why that's why I had to see see what it meant but we go from there um and we're talking more with um Admiral James Kirk instead of Captain yes, James Yeah, he's promoted Kirk. to the Admiral. Everybody is talking about how he just feels, um, you know, resigned on his age and that he doesn't have to live in this part of his age. He can always just go ahead and command a, a ship again. And so we start with that and then we make our way to another ship, the Reliant. So the Reliant is captained by... Some I actor just who Paul I've Win seen a lot yeah, of stuff. Paul Winfield, exactly. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, I don't even know his character's name. Uh -huh. I just know Paul, Win Paul Winfield has been in so much in my life. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, Paul Winfield, <laughs> he's the captain. And I but, forgot, I, I never knew his actual name, but I remember yeah. seeing that actor in a lot of stuff back then, uh, both TV and movies. And uh, yes, I believe that the his character's name was a was it Terrell or oh okay Captain Terrell okay something to that effect yeah I, I think you're right. right so so yeah that's where we bring it to where it's uh Captain Terrell and the Reliant they're I looking see. for a planet that doesn't have any life yeah that that's that's where we where we make it to yeah um as we're going there they seem to find a planet and they're communicating with who's the hot blonde I wouldn't um, say hot. Uh, the, oh, come on. Oh, she was great for her age, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I, at least it's age appropriate for Shatner. I'll, I'll give him that. They, that they did. They they didn't do the trope of having some thirty-year-old be uh, Shatner's former love interest. They they did put a senior citizen in true. there. We got to give Jesus. credit for that. They could have gone the uh, easy route. By the way, I I did the math. Shatner was fifty or fifty-one when he when he, when he did this movie. Shatner is 92 now. So I think what we, we didn't mention, I mentioned the first half is I went to go see this in a special screening. I went and I saw this at a, at a performing arts center and Shatner talked afterwards. And Shatner is 92 years old and moves around like he's 60. He is sharp. He is still the big blowhard. Got to talk nonstop. He barely talked about Star Trek. <laughs> You know, he just talked about all this other stuff. Funny, really, he did a really good job. I was amazed that this guy That's is awesome 92 hear, years old, born in like 31, 1931. Years, that years is born. insane. 
holy shit what a, and what a walking around thing. moving around the stage just like like a young man not not looking feeble at all that is incredible did he be do you any, and i don't know this is off the subject of star mm -hmm. trek but he did he touch upon any of those music albums he did in the 60s <laughs> he did not <laughs> they, they introduced hilarious. him as being a uh, uh, uh you know actor director uh musician you know this and that and i think it's gonna be The touchdown brings me back again to find I'm not the man they think I am back home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. But uh, yeah, he didn't talk about that. He he just he told a lot of stories, and most of the time they had not a lot to do with star trek and uh yeah the the one story that he did say was this film you know the the guy who directed the first film was supposed to do the second one and um it didn't make the money they thought it was gonna make the first film so paramount was kind of down on it and gave the creative control to paramount's television division and they're the ones that really wrote this uh they wrote, you know, got a writer and really produced this one. And this movie is a hundred times better than the first one. So, you know, he, it, uh, it almost died after the first one. And, you know, Paramount uh, didn't really throw a lot of money into this movie and they, they didn't think it was going to be a hit. And yeah, it, it, it proved them wrong. Wow. Well, thankfully yeah, the they made the are... right decision with that. Go ahead, Dana. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Uh, they, they kicked, um, what's the name of the dude who created it? Gene, Roddenberry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was a big part of it that I was reading um, was that uh, they basically kicked him out of like production because they just felt like he he was a main reason why the first one just sucked oh, so much. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they really were went to a different director, different everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I was I was kind of surprised to read that because I was like I thought that was the one thing I knew about Trekkies. They were very loyal, so it was kind of. Like when I was reading some of this stuff, I was like, oh, really? Like they just had no love for this crap. Like they were just oh. like, no, hell no. Let's make some money. Shatner <laughs> uh, even said that, you know, Roddenberry, you know, his whole thing is it, the, the whole basis of the show was that you can't interfere with everything else. You know, that's the whole directive of, of them um, when they're out there. They're not supposed to interfere. But he's like, there wouldn't be a show. There wouldn't be a movie yeah. if we didn't interfere. So he's like, we kind of had to like, eh, sorry, Roddenberry, we're, we're going to have to, the characters are going to have to interfere with stuff. That's exactly how they got into every predicament they got yeah. into on the series, yes. on the, in the movies is because they couldn't mind their damn business. Um, okay. So I digress. I guess we should get back to the plot. You know, I think one thing <laughs> we did forget um, about the same time, I think Spock is on, on Vulcan or something like that, taking some kind of, boring Vulcan test and uh he <laughs> fails it. What whatever he's trying the Vulcan enlightenment or he's trying to do, he it doesn't doesn't work. I, I was kind of tuned out of that part. Yeah. Well they they didn't really dive too deep into that. I yeah. mean it, it was just the one thing I did notice and this has nothing to do with what you just said, Scott, but it did remind me to make a point. His Not wig, only... his hair. <laughs> yeah. His hair was really bad in that scene. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, whoever styled the hair and toupees for this film, man, they, they, they just, they must have skimped on that part of the budget. Uh, with that in mind, the decor of this film, you know, I, yes, this film is from 82, a long time ago. And their depiction of space, of course, is going to be, you know, 82. But it, it seemed to me like, like, as I was watching this, 
and there were certain scenes like uh and uh we're about to get to this scene so we could just jump right to mm-hmm. it we find out that it's a uh, uh william shatner's uh captain kirk i'm sorry oh, kirk's birthday it's his 50th birthday right yeah. and he's basically going through a midlife crisis i guess right he's not feeling it he's you know, people give him presents and Spock, even Spock gave him some shit. Um, Bones comes to visit him at, I don't know if it's his home. I guess it's his home, yeah, right? Bring him some illegal hooch. Yeah, brings him some illegal Romulan hooch or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. But uh, the decor had me dying. The, the costumes <laughs> had me di- The costumes especially, man. That uh-huh. get up that Bones was wearing was like uh-huh. half Bad space jockey, half leather boy. It reminded me of something Hugh Hefner would wear. It, it, it yeah. seemed like it seemed like he lived in the Playboy Mansion. I think he, I think he was living in the Playboy Mansion, and that's that's the that's the style they they were into. But Bones had on this white outfit, mm-hmm. and it looked like the pants had like an almost like chaps aspect of it. The way it was cut, and and they had uh, Shatner wearing some like black asian slash <laughs> uh-huh lounge lizard get up that, that I, I it was just the decor the suits the costuming yes it's of its time and and back then look i watched this as a kid i'm sure it fooled me to thinking that this was what the future would be yeah. like but watching it now man was fucking that does look, it looks dated yeah it was yeah. so funny the shit they wore but but again we digress and it's still 100 times wore. better than the first film what, what they wear the, what they wear well, it looks amazing compared to what it is in the first film i i kept thinking to to what you said about the first one i'm like and it made me watch the, want to watch the first one more just out of morbid curiosity just watch 10 minutes of it you you that'll be enough you don't I think i will because i'm like Oh my God. Like, not to say that this movie, and we'll get to the how good was it eventually, of course. But you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Let, let's just go on with the plot because then we're going to digress even more. Yeah. Rat, Rat, the Reliant is now on a planet. And we were talking to another scientist who who basically has a device that needs a lifeless planet, right? Yeah. And so, so we have found this planet and uh, Captain Terrell and Chekhov? Chekhov. Yes, correct. Chekhov. So Chekhov, who is, was a character and now is a, a first mate or whatever the hell. Um, so they find this planet. They they think there may be a little bit of life form, but if they can move it, it will be perfect for this device for uh, for the scientist, Dr. Marcus. Um, so that's where we're at. Um, so, and this is, uh, I, I just, this is where I kind of question a lot of different things, but what they decided to do is to go to this planet. They're going to go ahead and have the captain and the first mate beam down. Yeah, arguably um, the two most important people on the ship just beam yeah. down to go walk around on, on this deserted yeah. planet. Because there, there's something that they sense down there. Right? Not sense, some kind of reading they, they're going to down there. Yeah. I, I think so, that's how they end up at that place. I think there was some kind of reading that they saw, how they ended up at that trailer in the in the sand. So they're talking about that, and we have all this futuristic stuff, and the best thing they could do for the future is to then physically go down? 
they gotta they gotta see it firsthand. Yeah, they they gotta get down there. Hey, look, man, it's nineteen eighty two science fiction. Man. That's yeah. that was always the Star Trek thing. You know, Shatner is always beaming down. They gotta to go the down. planet. They, the most important Let's person on the ship is gotta go yeah, down not... there and fight some kind of rock creature for some unknown reason. <laughs> Let's not build something better. Let's just go ahead and go down. Okay. No. Um. So so yes, we we go and you know we we find a. Some type of uh, trailer or whatever. Definitely, we we sit and we see the th- this item. Chekhov all of a sudden is recognizing that something's off, something's wrong. Um, and then what happens is the two characters basically get captured. And you guys are talking about bad fashion sense. They get captured mm-hmm. by the person who had the absolute worst costume, <laughs> the worst everything. They get captured by... Khan New Union or whatever the hell his name is. You don't and like their outfits. They, they look like they're from that uh Duran Duran video, the Seven and the Ragged wild Tiger boys. one, the, the Wild Boys, the Wild, wild Boys, boys video. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the Wild Boys. It's great. They uh oh man, it it, it just fit. It, it fit if Montaban with his fake chest plate. It was it was amazing. That's the first yeah. thing I thought of when this scene came out and we first see now mind you audience you know if you haven't seen this film yet so the first visual you get of Khan and his crew is is they're shrouded they're blurry and they're, they're wearing like these gowns and they, they actually almost looked kind of cool right like like the first visual of Khan when they're indoors they've captured Chekhov and, and Terrell and they're indoors you don't see Khan at first he's shrouded in some black robe hooded mm-hmm. he has some funky metal mask whatever going on and you're like oh shit you know like this guy's you know he's here for business like he's threatening and once he takes off that robe and whatever and reveals that crazy haircut and, and as scott said that's the first thing that hit me i, I heard that duran duran song wild boys in my head i was like oh my god this is exactly like that video like like i oh, i dare wow. say the Wild Boys video from Duran Duran was inspired by Star Trek to the rest. Most likely. So, but but please, let's continue with the plot. So they're captured. They're in the hands yeah. of uh, Khan and his Khan crew. And, and his man tits. Yeah, like, I mean. Super I, I strong Khan. Does yeah, he pick up Chekhov with one arm and, like, hold him, like, up in the air for a second? Yes. <laughs> yeah. As we look at his double Ds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, it, it weren't even man boobs, but yeah, I'm sorry. But yes, Khan is threatening both uh, Terrell and Chekhov. He's talking about being wronged by uh, by Captain, which he now finds is Admiral Kirk. And he, he basically is just like, you know, hey, tell me what's going on. Tell me why you're here. And I, I want to get to, to Kirk. You know, that, that's that's pretty much is the premise. They basically are trying to be loyal. They're, they're trying to be loyal to, to, to a lot of these aspects. Yeah, they're going to talk. Um, We're not talking. And, and, yeah, and but in order to get them to talk, you know, as Khan is, is going through this diatribe of being stuck and how he's on this planet and how he was abandoned by a planet that, that blew up and that's why it terraformed to what it is, there's these crazy earwigs that they're able to get uh. and uh, go ahead and put into both those characters for some mind control, uh, which those airwigs... Uh, I guess, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You see, their young enter through the ears and wrap themselves around the cerebral cortex. Uh, This has the effect of rendering the victim extremely susceptible to uh, suggestion. Later, as they grow, 
follows madness. And death. Khan, listen to me. These are pets, of course. Not white. Domesticated. Khan, Captain Kirk was only doing his duty. No. I liked it. I, I, I thought that was cool that those things go inside your ear. It, it may look like shit, but it, it, it was uh, it was amusing. It was very amusing. The babies, the babies go into your ear. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. So that's that's where we're left off. Where um, we still don't really know everything what's going on, but um, for the most part, Khan is smart enough to figure out that the uh, the device that that the doctor that we met earlier, um, Genesis. Mm -hmm. it, it, apparently, it's really important. And he's just trying to find a way to it, and and then get his, to his. And also get so. Kirk. Yeah, his his main it, thing is I I'm gonna get I want to get Kirk. He back. wants that revenge. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and at the, the meantime, point. I believe Kirk and all of them they're just going like on a training cruise. They're like they're just gonna go check out like the galaxy, and you know they're, they're just gonna fly around and let Christy Alley practice being a captain mm -hmm. or whatever whatever they're doing. But they get the. Um, so they get a oh he gets a message from his former girl. Uh, she she gets a message from uh, from Chekhov saying yeah. saying that hey we're we're gonna come pick up Genesis and she's like no you can't do that and he's like well Captain Kirk or Commander Kirk or Admiral Kirk said that uh, hey uh, no we can get it and that's her ex man so right away she calls starts bitching him out giving him shit and of course you know technology sucks and it's cutting in and out but technology sucks in yeah. the future man like static and it's yeah. i think it was a dial-up i think i think that was a, a <laughs> dial-up guy i can hear the modem kicking in you know See the big landline and shit uh, going from one from the ship to the station because holy shit, nothing worked on these ships. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Like oh like, yeah, you know the, you know, the, the Enterprise is not even supposed to be. It's kind of not out. It's not done. It's got all young crew. Uh, Scotty is still kind of working on it. It's not really shouldn't really be out there right now. But uh, it's been it's been updated. It's a different. It's not quite the same ship that Kirk had before. But uh, it's. Uh, He's out there and he's got to go figure out what's going on because he's the only, they're always the only star class vessel in the area. So they always have to be the one that goes investigate. One of the running tropes in Star Trek, this is going back to the original series, is that there was always something wrong with the ship. Mm -hmm. This this man Scotty should have been fired. I'm giving it all I got, Jim. Time I'm giving it all I nope. got. No, you're not, Scotty. No, you're <laughs> not. You're down there. You're getting drunk. You're yeah, he's got high. his nephew down there with him right now. Too. Yes, some young kids. His his is supposed to be in charge of his his sister's son. And no, like what no. he does, he got a bunch of green bitches in the back stash somewhere. Mm -hmm. They're partying. They're <laughs> oraging because there was oh the ship was never up to speed anytime shit went down in the original 
uh, series. Scotty, he's, I don't think he ever fixed uh, stuff too. It was always Shatner or Spock, yeah. or someone's got to come down and do something to fix it. And uh, well, we'll <laughs> yeah, get to that, don't we? Because that's the exact same shit that happens in this, but we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah, they get this distress call and uh, uh, the fake authorization from Kirk to get this Genesis technology. As a result, uh, Kirk is like, what the fuck is going on? There's something going on. And uh, he takes this crew of trainees, yeah, a care. ship full of trainees, uh, and he's like, he guess what? You got your first mission, and they had no idea. And uh, yeah, and uh, he put, and I love, I love this little scene between him and uh, Spock. Spock is like, bitch, please, you know you want to be captain. Just just mm, go and sit in the chair. You're not hurting leave. my feelings. I, yeah, have, exactly. I, have no, like, I have no ego. And it's all dear. Yeah. yeah, he told him, I have no ego about it. Just You're going to do it anyway, fucker. Just do mm. it, okay? I'm not going to yeah. argue with and you. And this is, by the way, the exact same plot of the first film. He does the same thing in the first film. Mm. He's not the captain anymore. He's a he's an admiral, and he he takes it over from some poor white guy and makes mm. that guy his second, his second in command. Freaking and, Kirk, man. and then gets a guy killed at the end of the film too. So of course, uh, so he can have his own crew, <laughs> his own his own ship again. We have a problem. Something may be wrong in regular one. We've been ordered to investigate. If memory serves, regular one is a scientific research laboratory. I told Starfleet Command all we had was a boatload of children, but we're the only ship in the quadrant. Spock, these. Cadets of yours, how good are they? How will they respond under real pressure? As with all living things, each according to his gifts. Of course, the ship is yours. No, that won't be necessary. Just get me to regular one. As a teacher on a training mission, I am content to command the Enterprise. If we are to go on actual duty, it is clear that the senior officer on board must assume command. It may be nothing. Garbled communications. You take the ship. Jim, you proceed from a false assumption. I am a Vulcan. I have no ego to bruise. Oh, man. But uh, where do we go from here? So, um, when they go. They head out there, right? Yeah, they go out there. They go into warp speed and they go out there. They see that ship coming toward them and they're trying to hail the ship. Uh, what, what was it called, Dana? What was the name of that ship? The Reliance. The, the Reliance. Right. The Reliance coming toward them. So they don't, you know, it's supposed to be a friendly ship. They, you know, they they think it's no big deal. So they don't put up their shields. And uh, sure enough, it gets close to them and it fires on them and starts. they start taking heavy damage. You know what I realized? I, I, I've been watching Star Trek since I was like six, seven years old. I, I realized this is basically just a submarine show right <laughs> and this is basically just the u.s navy this show is if if you did this with submarines and you put it in the ocean you could do all the same plot you know everything everything that all the like battles they have are like two subs battling you yeah. know even like when they're fighting blind i've seen that in, in movies before and it, it took me all this years to uh, equate that and like oh and they're shooting torpedoes I'm like i mean it sounds like they literally are shooting torpedoes it, yeah like, it, it took me a long really time like, to... oh they're the navy they're the space fucking navy is what yeah, they are basically oh, 23rd century it. we're shooting torpedoes it only took now, me like 45 years to figure it out but i i got it 
Now, remember, please remember, and of course, I'm going to digress a bit again, because that's what we do best here at How Good Was It, is digress like motherfuckers. But <laughs> I'm going to anyway. You know, this is 82, right? Again, mm -hmm. this is 82. By then, we had Star Wars. We had Empire Strikes Back. We had Alien. Man, these space battles in these first Star Trek movies, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. What the hell were they using for through, reference? Yeah. And now you've answered that question for yeah, me. Yeah. No, that is the like reference a, like a, they yeah, were using. This is like Hunt for Red October. Yeah. You know, I, I think they inspired Hunt for Red October. <laughs> In Hunt for Red October, they didn't use flashlights. I mean, like, these were fucking flashlights. <laughs> the technology guys. was like, better. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather them been like, you know what? I know it's 2285, but here's a missile. Versus like, oh, you're gonna die because of I, what? You're gonna get a seizure because of all those sparkling lights? Like, I, what? Yeah. What the? What the hell are we talking about? But, uh -huh. uh, but no, go on, June. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That's a very good point, man. Okay, let's just let's just stick to the Enterprise for a minute. Again, this ship, right? Because it's it's always a focal point of these first movies of the original series. They they needed to put this ship out of commission. It's obviously uh, even by their set, it was out of date. This was a ship that. It was either you used your shields or you wanted to warp. You couldn't do both at the same time. It, this yeah. ship could only, it could not multitask yeah. the ship. It could only Scott, he's got to direct thing. power to one thing. He's yes. putting all the power to the shield. Yes. He's, uh, you know, putting it all to the warp drive. He's always doing changing power for, you know, from one thing what to another. The hell? From what I remember, and I'm not a Trekkie, by far I'm not a Trekkie, but I remember some of the lore, right? And what powered the energy source that they use was some kind of crystal. They always mentioned it in the, in yeah. the syndicated TV show. Uh, di dilithium crystals. Oh, nice. Just came to dilithium crystals, right? And the reason I remember Nerd. that well, because I remember very few things, as you, the listener, knows. I don't remember shit. I remember dilithium because there was always something wrong with these damn crystals. Yeah. This was not a reliant energy source. This ship was shit, man. <laughs> this ship failed. They keep well, coming back to the ship. Shatner's also a dumbass. Them. Doesn't raise his shield, gets shot at a close range. You know, the, the thing in every Star Trek where everybody's flying around and sparks are flying. You know, everyone down in the engine room, is they're, they're taking a fucking beating yes. at this point. And they're, they're, they are just, just, just taking it down there in the engine room, you know, while, while Shatner is like realizing he fucked up. Um <laughs> There was, there's a, a scene and we'll get there, but but it's when uh they're gonna go full on and face uh Khan, right? And mm -hmm. and there's like and a little shit. montage scene within the ship of them getting ready to face Khan. And they're like they're showing workers running around doing uh -huh. shit. And there's one little scene with them, like I don't know if this was their task force or their army, whatever you want to call it. And they're running, and I don't know what they had in their hands. I guess it was supposed to be weapons. And it was just like the shot. I think it's shit to repair the stuff. I, I think they're like, I, that's like what space wrenches. Like. Yeah, I, I that's think what they, they, like. they got to be fixing that ship all the fucking time. Like, are they going to go fix the Reliant or are they going to battle it? Like, like wow. Yeah. You couldn't tell from that scene because, oh man, some of the worst weapons. But, uh, okay, again, well, I'll digress. So, let's, let's so now the, now they're marooned, right? And now now they're, they're, they're sitting ducks. You know, they, they've been shot, their shields are down. And Khan hails them up on the on the on the comm. You know, mm -hmm. he wants he wants to talk to the captain. So they get on there and you know, Shatner all he remembers Khan. 
And, you know, Khan's basically telling him, I'm like, hey, I just wanted to tell you that I I beat you and I'm going to blow you out of the water. And Shadow's like, well, what if I, what if, don't don't kill my crew. Why, why don't I just come over there? And he's like, no, that's not enough. He's like, how about if you give me all the information you know about Genesis and you beam over, maybe I won't, I won't blow up your ship. You still remember, Admiral. I cannot help but be touched. I, of course, remember you. What is the meaning of this attack? Where is the crew of the Reliant? Surely I have made my meaning plain. I mean to avenge myself upon you, Admiral. I've deprived your ship of power, and when I swing around, I mean to deprive you of your life. But I wanted you to know first who it was who had beaten you. Come. If it's me you want, I'll have myself beamed aboard. Spare my crew. I make you a counter-proposal. I'll agree to your terms if, if, in addition to yourself, you hand over to me all data and material regarding the project called Genesis. Genesis? What's that? Don't insult my intelligence, Kirk. Give me some time to recall the data on our computers. I give you 60 seconds, Admiral. So... This next scene, this is kind of what I like about Star Trek is, you know, Kirk always has some kind of plan. He's always going to break some kind of rule. So he he's pretending like he's trying to pull up the Genesis information. But in the meantime, he's having Spock and Christy Alley figure out the, the special code to access the Reliant. Yes. And they get this code and they, they turn off the shields to the Reliant and then they start firing on the Reliant. So once again, you know, Shatner uh, outsmarts Khan. Khan's got to run because he, he his ship's in danger. I don't know why they don't keep shooting at, at his ship and blow it out, out of space, but they, they let him get away. You know, but the, the Enterprise is, is really wounded and uh, it, needs, it's, it needs some repairs. And I think about this time, Scotty shows up on the deck holding a, uh, holding body. his nephew. Instead of bringing his nephew to sick bay, he brings him up to the to the flight deck just to like, hey, hey, look what you did now, Captain Kirk. Yeah, but Scott, but did you did you look at this sick bay? Well, they they go up, they follow over the scene <laughs> where William Shatner or I keep calling him Shatner because he shows. Yeah, it's but, fine. But Captain Kirk, he goes down, I guess, to, to assess damage. And they go to the sick bay. And man, I would hate to get sick on this ship, man. That is the... the well, you the know why you would hate to get sick on this ship, June? It's because Bones is always up in the fucking... Up up by Captain Kirk. <laughs> He's following him onto other planets. This guy's a head doctor. Why is he not in the sick never. bay taking care of people? He's never there. He's drinking his hooch in, in Shatner's room. Who's taking care of these people that are getting shot? It's so true. It's so true. He's up there bitching with Spock yes, all yeah, the time. Always. Never doing like, his like, job. Like, never doing his job and he knows but he knows why because unless he's the only people who survive on this on this on these movies and on the show are anyone who's in the the main yeah it's just their with, friends with Kirk. yeah so he, he, he's only he's only gonna heal his friends yeah you know they have all this stuff and you know all these ways of curing and saving people you know i Scotty's nephew just gonna hit some burns or something like that. McCoy is not doing Bones is doing nothing, nothing for him. And, you know, and the guy has enough energy to, to basically, uh, you know, ask Shatner if he did a good job or whatever he asked Shatner. And then he dies. He puts a bloody, mm-hmm. bloody palm print on Chat- Shatner's chest and then and then he dies. 
Bones didn't try to revive him. No. I didn't see him do a CPR or nothing. He, he didn't even check a pulse. Who knows if this kid is dead? He just put the fucking uh, sheet over the guy's laser head. thing over him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the last thing he did. But yeah, he I, guess, I guess you're dead. I, I have a flashlight for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Geez. The yeah. flashlight technology. That, that's the that's the best part. Um, wow. <laughs> Khan took off to the other side of the planet. And now... Uh, Shatner is trying to get a hold of his uh, his his baby mama, uh, and you know her base is, is nobody's answering at her base. So of course, what else is Shatner going to do? He's going to beam himself onto the yes. onto the base. You know him and was it Bones? Yeah, him Bones. So the head doctor, everyone's sick in yeah. sick bay. Of course, <laughs> Bones, Bones has got to accompany him and Christy Alley. So so yeah, we 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 have the number one and number two uh, of the ship and the head doctor. Head over to uh, to go look for uh, uh, baby mama and the space station. Now, mind you, baby mama, her son. You know, at first when I when they first showed him for the you know with the curly blonde hair, that my first assumption was that this was the same actor from the Blue Lagoon. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, but, but I know it's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, or the Greatest American Hero. He could have yes, been that guy, yes. William Cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. that is a very 1982 uh, haircut. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't think we mentioned that. That is Shatner's son. Mm -hmm. You know, baby mama uh, got knocked up. I I I'm not sure Shatner. I think I want to say Shatner's a bad dad. I think he is on a Stallone <laughs> level, an over the top level of he bad made dad. Because I, I I I think he knew that he had a son, and uh, yeah, mom just wanted to keep him away from uh, Shatner. Didn't want him to, to rightfully you know, so because everyone around thing. Shatner dies, other yes, than you know, other better. than his buddies. So yeah, he didn't have an opportunity to be a bad father. To be fair, so I mean, just I think he know, chose to be fair. To, I think he chose to be a bad father. <laughs> Abandonment issues. Yeah, knowing Kirk, he would have showed up to be a dad anyway. Yeah, so, I yeah. Mean, no, so, 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 just for reference, audience, our over-the-top list so far includes <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's character Hawk and over-the-top. He's, he's the bottom. One. He's the worst dad. Oh, bottom. Okay, we we do from worst to best. That's true. Okay, so yeah. so he's at the bottom. Yeah, no, nobody, by, nobody's below. Uh, followed by uh, just a cut above would be, I guess, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, the Fury. Yeah, so, I think Shatner is probably on the Lawrence Fishburne level, maybe, maybe below Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne's oh, wow. probably above Shatner. I think Shatner's a worse father. I agree. I think he takes a leap there. Oh, yeah, because the abandonment issues are real. In the next yeah. film, uh, Shatner's son dies. So uh, yeah, I think I think he's a worse father. You know what? Yeah, you, he just made the grade. You're right. Okay, so he he beat out worst position. Uh, to uh, the furious character from Boys in the Hood, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Candyman's oh. above all of them, right? Candyman's yes, Candy a better Man is father than, than, than all that than Fishburne and yes. everyone else. Yeah. yeah. So, so yes. just to keep you up to date, audience, <laughs> that's where we're at with our over the. There's got to be somebody else in that we've mentioned, but yeah, we, we, we'll, if we if we remember, we'll we'll, we'll get back to it. So, <laughs> so yeah, so well, Shatner and uh, and the crew they they head down there. They don't find them. They find dead bodies. Like Khan is like slayed everybody and strung them up from the rafters. So, but they check uh, the uh, Khan. I guess is not smart enough to check the transporter to see if uh, something you know somebody beamed out of there. But Shatner is, and sure enough, they beamed somewhere down inside the planet below. So Shatner's like, okay, I guess we're gonna go down there. We're gonna we're gonna beam down there. Um, but first, he has a conversation with Spock, basically asking Spock what's going on with the ship. We're doing stuff by the book. And so uh, so Spock tells him it's going to be two weeks 
before we can get this thing fixed. You know, we're, we're in big trouble, this and that. You know, there's no way we'll be out of here for a while. So, okay, we'll buy the book. It's going to be two weeks. Okay, all right, let's, let's go down there. So they, they beam down into this planet. Shatner sees his son. His son right away starts fighting him. Son, like, jumps out, is blaming Shatner, saying that uh, Captain Kirk is the one that uh, killed everybody up in the in the space station. And so Shatner has to beat up his own son. Right before that, like, they found uh, Chekhov and Terrell. Like, we, oh, we you're right. Again. They were, so they they were the only there. ones alive in the space station because Khan, Khan left them there to, to use his kind of like bait because they're still under Khan's uh, mind control. Yeah. They just... They say did they're he, not, but they did are. Didn't he find them in like like a cabinet or something? Yeah. Like what yeah. were they in? Like that was so Yeah, weird. it looked like it was, I don't, I don't know, they're a space locker they yeah. were locked in. <laughs> it was definitely confusing. Um the part that you guys are still making me laugh about the sun, and this is where I get to show how racist I am. I honestly <laughs> thought I thought the sun and like Khan's like number one henchman who was just like, hey man, we can't be going into this nebula and all this type of stuff. It took me forever to realize that there were two separate characters. Like, that was like the same <laughs> going back and forth, and I was just like, "You're trying to say all like, white guys so look alike? All blonde white guys look alike?" Yeah. yeah, I was just like, "What? They just curled his hair on this one and gave him a headband on the other scene?" Like, this is, they this do kind of like I, he was I, playing I on both teams. Now that you reference that character, um, Khan's sidekick, right? He was the only smart one in that crew. Oh, yeah. He was like, let's get the fuck out of here. We got yeah. a ship? Let's get out of here. We're we got Genesis now? Let's we... get the hell out of here. Why do you want to fight Shatner? Yes. But, he was like, Khan we is everything we need. But I, I yeah. like that. I like that Khan. Khan is, he's almost the same character as Captain Kirk. I think he likes oh, yeah. his, his crew, but he's 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 hard-headed. You know, he's got to he's gotta win in the end. And, uh yeah, he, he is, uh, in, in another movie, he's a good guy and Kirk is a bad guy. You know, you, you, can, you can rework this movie. You know, Kirk screwed this guy over. His wife ended up dying because of it. And now he's getting revenge. You know, you, you, could, you could move this, change this movie around and be a totally different movie. Yeah, yeah easily. So but, uh, so, okay, so where we're at. Because <laughs> we keep that. Um, he's over. fighting his son. He, um, his he son wins. is blaming... Yeah, he yeah he wins. His son's blaming Starfleet Command and Captain Kirk for what's going down, and thinks that they have stuff to do behind it because that was a big premise. They're a bunch of scientists. They always think the military is trying to take over the science, and which um, is true. Which is yeah, true to life. <laughs> it, it, it literally becomes true because now it's like yeah, uh, Captain Terrell and Chekhov are now holding them up with their their super strong, you know, TV remotes. You know, yes. so they were, yeah, they were their TV, TV remote set to lethal or whatever the hell you set a TV remote to. Yeah. Um, and, and they start killing people. And, you know, that's where we, uh, I think that's where we kind of left off is like. Well, yeah, we're, well, we're they are going to shoot the the son and uh, Kirstie Alley like jumps, tackles him so that he doesn't get hit. And it did some poor soul behind him. Some other into, extra, yeah. yeah like, oh, his life's better than that one. All right, let, let me let me save let me save him. And then it, you know, Khan gets his way. Khan Khan tells him, okay, you kill Captain Kirk now, just kill it. But Captain Kirk is so loved in Star Creek Fleet Command. Those guys they fought off the uh, the thing in their ear telling him to do it so much so that Captain Terrell kills himself, himself. instead of instead of, he could have stunned himself he could have put it on stun and shot himself no he he no. disintegrates himself rather than shoot Kirk and then Chekhov right. just 
it just screams and falls to the ground. So and then the thing, the thing just left is like, all right, I'm out of here. I guess this, this dumb dumb's not going to do what I say. And, uh, you know, Shatner fries the little worm thing that comes out of his ear. That scene where the thing is crawling out of his ear. That was the fakest and, ear. And it makes like a her. roar too. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it made the same sound as the alien creature popping out of the stomach and alien. It was like mm-hmm. some yeah, similar weird stuff. But um, yeah, so they take a, a Chekhov back, right? Don't yeah, they? but Khan beams up Genesis. So Genesis yeah, is yeah. gone, and then they're they're stuck down there. You know, at this point, I think I think Khan's under the belief that that Shatner can't even leave the planet, that the Enterprise is so wounded they can't beam him up, and that he's just gonna come around, blow up the Enterprise, and Kirk's gonna be stuck on that planet the rest of his life, the way the way he was, you know, sentenced to be stuck on his own planet. Uh, lo and behold, you find out with Genesis uh, the power of it because on the inside of the of uh, the planet they they've released Genesis in there already, and there's some fake ass big old jungle with waterfalls. It was like a painting, like it's like I think I think uh, Shatner painted that in his spare time, and they just they slapped it up on the wall because it was it was the special effects were not great for that place. No, no, they didn't have the desired effect that they probably would have liked. I mean, back then I'm sure it looked great, or you know, but now it did not hold up <laughs> yeah scott but, what what did uh william shatner's character say once he thought he was marooned though like i mean was there <laughs> he did it i forgot he did it twice he yelled it twice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. and i i, I thought it my throat <laughs> i'm sure shatner did wow. too uh, and now we're going to be sponsored by like sepical and no <laughs> i i yelled it in the theater too when, when we saw it i i had asked my sister ahead of time with my sister and her husband and uh i said is it okay if i yell con when he does in the theater and they're like oh i yeah i think i think it'll be fine sure enough there was so many Every they, people would applaud at everything in this movie like anytime you first time you saw a character everyone applauded and and so, yeah, me yelling Khan was fine in the theater. No, nobody seemed to mind that I yelled Khan. <laughs> you were yelling at everybody else, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. sure, Shatner, I'm sure Shatner didn't mind either. So. Um, oh, no, Sh- Shatner was, uh, he was, uh, he was he's going after hecklers. People would like yell stuff out and he would call them out and really? uh, just make fun of them. He just, uh, okay. Yeah, he thought he was a stand-up comedian up there. He, he has some funny one-liners. I tell you, the guy is very sharp for 92. Awesome. awesome. But he is also a blowhard, and he talked for an hour and a half, and I, I was, the last, like, half an hour, I just wanted to walk out and leave. I was I was done. I'm old. I cannot I cannot be out at 11 o'clock at night anymore. So the movie was an hour and a half. The 92-year-old outlasts me. He, yeah, he, he had way more energy than me at 11 o'clock. Wow. Okay. Hey, man. <laughs> All right. So where we are? We we so now uh, um, Shatner uh, Khan is um, I think Khan is coming around. He's he's looking for the Enterprise to to blow it up. And Shatner him it's been a ruse you know Spock actually only needed two hours to fix the Enterprise. He beams them all up. You know, he he it was a code between the two of them. When they said buy the book, it changed. You know, if the enemy is listening. That's that's how they they change it by saying buy the book. So uh, he's back up there once again. Kirstie uh, uh, Alley does not understand that Spock would lie. You know, she's and he just says that he uh, he stretched the truth or something, some some kind of thing. He 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 said exaggerated the truth or something. But 
Yeah, this movie is funny. There, there is a lot of good lines. They, they have such good chemistry between him, McCoy, and Spock. The, the timing and the, and the jokes between them, I, I really enjoyed. I, I found myself laughing at a lot of the, lot of the shit that they did in this movie. They, they, I thought they were such a good comedic foil, which is, you know, I don't remember that being a big thing in the television series. A little bit. You know, a little bit, and, but not to the And the first one, yeah. not at all. The first movie, really? there was no humor in. But okay. two, three, and four are very funny movies. I think they they got smart. I think they decided to to you know make it a little little bit lighter than than Star Wars, not so heavy. You know, they they, mm-hmm. they went for the comedic effect. I mean, this movie is kind of heavy at the end, but uh, in general, though, they they definitely throw a lot of jokes into this. So where were we? <laughs> this is bad. Uh, I, I know. It's so uh, it's so hard to stay on track. Um. So what we we got picked up. So we outsmarted Khan. And, yeah, we're playing hide and go seek with Khan. We're going around the planet, and Khan is chasing them. And um, Spock's like, you know, we're not going to be able to outlast him. We still don't have enough power to uh, to get a warp drive and get out of here. So Kirk is like, let's go to that nebula over there. If we go into that, we get into that nebula. You know, in their radar or whatever the hell they use is not going to work. You know, they, they're not going to be able to see them in the in the nebula. So, you know, Kirk starts heading there. Khan is catching up to them. The ship is about to catch up to him. And then for once, Khan listens to his his second, his first first mate or whatever the guy is. The guy's like, hey, hey, we don't want to go in there. We're not going to mm-hmm. see him. You know, let's 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 stop. Let's, let's get out of here. We got what we want. We got Genesis. Let let him go. And Khan actually stops. And then Shatner Shatner taunts him. He he hails him out and said, "Oh, you uh, you think you can outsmart? I outsmarted you. You know you you don't think you outsmart me? You gonna follow me into this nebula?" And then shit, Khan's on. He's I'm all in. He's going. He's going all in. Admiral on the bridge. Battle stations. Tactical. Uh oh. She can still outrun us and outgun us. There is the Motara Nebula at 153 Mark IV. Scotty, can we make it inside? The Energizer is bypassed like a Christmas tree, so don't give me too many bumps. No promises. On your way. Trouble with the Nebula, sir, is all that static discharge and gas clouds are tactical this way. Visual won't function, and shields will be useless. Sauce for the goose, Mr. Savick. Because that was the big problem, too. So it, it does the radar, and I think the other thing was like the shields go down. So now it just makes yeah. it all fair game. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, we're going to fight and we're going to, this you know, is now, now this is essentially a sub movie. They're in this area. They can't see the fight firing at each other blind, trying to outmaneuver each other. Of course, Captain Kirk gets the advantage. He, he, he get t- they take some hits, but he hits, uh, what's the name of the ship again? <laughs> the Reliant. Reliant. They, they disable yeah. the Reliant. All of Khan's crew is dead. Khan is burnt up like a half-burnt critter in there. Uh, he, he's looking <laughs> like he's about to die. Khan's going to get his revenge. You know, he he he's going to set off Genesis. The the ship is can't get out of there fast enough. The Enterprise is just barely moving out of there. The, the, like there's no way we're going to be able to clear out of here in time scotty's down there doing his 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 shenanigans down there again not getting done getting radiation poisoning bones is out there trying to treat him spock knows what he what he has to do what does spock have to do dana sing and dance at at the death of this movie but 
Uh, but no, no. So he goes down and he, he knows that he has to uh, basically align the fuel supply, um, even though it's toxic and it's radioactive. Um, and then Bones is doing his classic, you know, no man, you can't go down there. You know, uh, you know, no human could survive. And which uh, Spock basically is like, oh, lucky for you. And you mentioned it all the time about a human anyway. Yeah. Um, so he, he tries to pretend that he's being reasoned with and then he hits him with the... Uh, the old uh Vulcan knocks takes him out. him out. Yeah, takes him out. And then he does go, which this is the only part that kind of was funny. I love how he took precautions. He's like, before he <laughs> went in there, he's on. like, well, let me at least put these gloves on. Yeah. Don't you think <laughs> you would have a room like this? You would have like a suit you could wear so you could go <laughs> yeah. in there and work on it. They oh, don't have that shit it's hanging part, around. It's part of the course, man, with this with the ship, with the with the tech, it's just they didn't have fucking Scotty. I blame Scotty. I think yeah. I think he is a really shitty engineer, and uh, this yes. is this is his fault. This is on him. Uh, he killed his nephew. Hilarious. He killed Spock. He he <laughs> so he was like dying too. You know, Scotty's like oh he's all out. He's got radiation poisoning. A few minutes later, he's up and around. And he's like, you know, holding Kirk back. You know, mm-hmm. I think Scotty was faking shit. I think he could have gone in there and did it himself. He's like, uh-uh, I ain't going inside that fucking place. Yeah, Spock uh, builds this uh, Lego set of a reactor. <laughs> and Sticks uh, his hand in the, in the big flashlight. Yes, in the big flashlight. Yeah. That's basically what it was. And then saves them. They were able to go to warp speed or whatever it is that they yeah. do. They go to and warp speed, the and then Shatner looks over and sees Spock's chair is empty. Yeah. He knows. He knows something's up. And right away, he gets a call from McCoy. You got to get down here. Get down to the engine room right away. Ship. Out of danger. Yes. Don't breathe, Admiral. Just watch it go. needs of the many outweigh the means of the few or the one I never took the Kobayashi Maru test until now what do you think my solution. Spock. I have been and always shall be your friend. Shatner like he's like flying down those stairs. You see him he's like he's like sliding down the uh the side <laughs> of, of the ladder. Once you, again, like a sub movie. I'm like, oh I think that's when it clicked on my mind. Like, this is a fucking sub movie. Yeah, you think there it. was a green bitch waiting for him. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, he reaches down there and he sees his longtime cohort Spock. Shatner was running like like uh, somebody with a child support payment was like it was chasing out <laughs> like somebody trying to get child support was coming after him. He's terrible uh, and great at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to oh. say with with this scene, you know, um, 
it was still sad. It was still oh, effective. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah, like it killed me as a kid. This scene killed. Oh me yeah, as a I was kid. I was crying like a little bitch. Uh -huh. See this guy. I, I'm not gonna say it happened again. I did it, but it, it was still effective. Yeah, you know, you you have these. This is basically the 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 core of the whole franchise. The whole thing is Captain Kirk and Spock, and the dynamic between them. You know, and and you know, he says the famous lines. You know, you. You always have been and forever will be my friend, or however the fuck he says. Mm -hmm. it. And it's very sad. It's very well acted. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Yeah, it was yeah. very sad, very effective. Yeah. And this is followed by the burial scene or the funeral scene, I should say. There was yeah. no burial, but it was the yeah. funeral he shot scene. his ass out in a torpedo funeral scene. Yeah. The, now we, we we forgot to mention that the you know Genesis does go off and terraform this planet or whatever it is. Uh, right? It turned and, a nebula into a planet. I, I don't yeah. know exactly what happened. I, I yeah. wasn't clear on the science, but it was yeah. a very lush planetoid or whatever it was. And that's where Movie they science. sent Spock, you know. Uh, they shoot yeah. him down there in a missile. <laughs> and it looks like a huge explosion, by the way, too. It looks like they blew his ass up. Uh, yeah, you see it hit the planet. It, it looked like uh, they, they dropped a nuclear bomb on, on it, the It does, because they shoot him off into space. He kind of turns the corner of this planetoid. But right as he turns the corner, and I know what they were going for. It was yeah. like a heavenly and it's a star uh, that shines. But Scott uh, is absolutely right. Yeah, My first impression was like, ass. did the casket <laughs> blow up? What happened over yeah, there? Like, you definitely should have. <laughs> should have been obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we see uh, Spock's uh, supposed uh, resting place because he does come back in the next movie, I think. Yeah. Two movies. Spoiler. Later. And yeah. Um, yeah. And that What's is... That? Uh, Star the most part, the wrath of Khan, basically. I think, yeah, right? Shatner does hug his son. His son tells yeah, him he, that you know oh, he's yeah. his How hero. Proud he is. Sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. Proud, he's proud of him. And Shatner hugs him, and like and then he says, "Get the fuck away from me!" Don't ever call me dad. Don't ever call me father again. You broke my glasses, bitch. Get the fuck yeah, out. yeah. I'm um, not paying for these child supports. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? Going reference back to that scene where um, baby mama shows him what Genesis does. Right? They take him. Oh, to yeah. That 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 huge matte painting. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but what I love is right before that, that's what she tells him. Like, hey, guess what? We dropped a, a kid. Shatner but he walks. knew. You could tell on his face he knew. He, he knew, knew he didn't wear a condom last time they were together. <laughs> you know, you know, Shatner does not use protection. I, oh, I, I know that. You know, he has he has a lot more. Scenes <laughs> he's got kids. Yeah, he's got kids all over the galaxy. All, yeah, they're yeah, everywhere. It, we know he, that. he cheated death, really but he couldn't cheat this uh, <laughs> this child support payment. <laughs> uh, wow. So, so yeah. Wrath of Khan. Nice. So that is Wrath of Khan in a nutshell. Um, it was interesting revisiting this movie. I hadn't seen it in decades, literally. Uh, last time I saw it, it was on cable TV. This, like many other movies, uh, they used to play a lot on cable TV, I remember. Um, not the first one. The first one was kind of a dud. Yeah, they, so... they knew that. They knew that that, that needs to be shelved. I'm yeah. only dumb enough to watch it. Well, it's cool. I'm about to watch it too out of more, more <laughs> curiosity. I, I but... don't think you'll make it through it. That, that, oh, wow. I, I say you will you will quit before Yikes. it's over. Okay. Oh well, I'm gonna I'm test that theory. But um, what say? Should we go into yeah. how good was it? Or yeah, of course. Uh, Dana, okay. why don't you why don't you start us out? How good was it? Oh, oh. I can't wait for now. Now before you start, Dana. See now, okay, you have to tell me. So you have you had seen this movie previously, 
right? I did. So I, I, I definitely did not remember it. This is probably, I probably had not seen this movie in easily over 30, 30 years. Okay. 40, you know, okay. Like, so that yeah, was my I mean, question. Like how long, yeah. because I know you, you are a bit younger than, than Scott and myself. So, so I, I'm very interested in your perception of this movie. So please go. How good was it for you, Dana? Uh, I mean, you know, this movie uh, I, I thought was such a good choice because it was straight out of left field. Um, you know, I, I really had to revisit some of the the stigma I had towards just Star Wars and Star Trek. I'm sorry. In you don't general. like either? You don't like Star Wars? <laughs> well, I'm not a big, I'm just, it, it's weird. Like I'm nerdy about certain things. Like I'm, I like the comic book wow. scene. I love all that stuff. I love, you know. I live in Japan, right? So I mean, like Dragon Ball and anime and, and manga, that was like huge. Hentai, so like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, my my interest on the nerdy part of this was just way different because I saw better space stuff, right? I mean, I think that's kind of just the, the thought you. of it. <laughs> but um, I, I did recall so much of just my childhood of, you know, hey, Star Trek was on, you know, it's on syndication and just, it was just kind of just one of those things that are kind of just always on whether you liked it or didn't like it. Um, you know, it, it was just there. And so um, I, I think my perception of just how shitty I remembered it being because of just how bad the pacing was, how hard they were always just trying to talk about physics and why things worked a certain way and all that type of stuff. Like, I felt like they tried way too hard i mean they always were like i get it you're a doctor show but that's not you know that's not how you die you diagnose diabetes that, that's how i felt about the science mm. of a lot of this stuff the characters it, it was something about just remembering them and just kind of really liking the characters is kind of what i kind of really liked about this movie um i i was pleasantly surprised um like i said when uh when white shaft showed up when old uh, Albuquerque makes his way in the scene and just, you know, I, I, I remember all the stories like you guys about him being kind of a, a prima donna and all this type of stuff. But, you know, he, he did a hell of a job for me. Like he, he was a great main character. You know, he really brought the story along. I mean, clearly he was a central figure about whether we were talking about him being, feeling vulnerable about aging or just, how he always cheated death, how he was the only one to pass the Kobayashi Maru because he always was just trying to be ahead of everybody. Um, and I, I really thought it was it was cool that they kind of developed this character who I felt like I cared less about and was like, oh, you know, I, I kind of like this character. Kirstie Alley, um, man, I, I am really into these uh, these older chicks back in the day uh <laughs> kirstie alley kirstie alley i think there's a scene where where they're stuck in the elevator because you know, oh, kind of, oh, no, she yeah, stops right. the elevator and puts her, yes. her hair is down yes her uh, hair is down it's like it's like oh it's something different but i was like oh man kirstie alley she, I no she's she, hot she, no she's she was a looker um yeah. but i kind of like how she played her role of just like you know, humans are fucking weird. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it made me forget that I was like, oh, yeah, like there really are supposed to be some aliens beyond just, you know, Kirk and everything. But this is supposed to be a, a weird harmony dynamic of just everybody coming together to, you know, form, you know, start fleet. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I was just I was pleasantly surprised by this movie by watching it uh, again mm -hmm. and just uh, from writing it off to like, you know what, I get it. Twenty two eighty five and we live in twenty twenty three they had a 
terrible vision of what this was going to be. But as far as what these uh what this director did and uh what the storyboard was, I I I was I fucking dug this shit. I, I was very surprised. So how good was this movie? Weirdly, this was pretty good for me. I I I am very surprised that I was like, okay, I I I'm gonna watch some more Star Wars movie. And wow, just, uh, Star Trek. And yeah, of, how do you not know the yes, Jim, Jim, yes, take us away. Let, let's let's <laughs> millennial off the off the <laughs> off the talking portion of the podcast. I they officially don't... got canceled. Damn, wow. you're fucking fired. You're fucking fired. Wow. Yes, um... you only had one job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess it's my go. So. In revisiting this movie, of course, it's hard not to compare it to the current Star Trek franchise uh, as far as movies, right? What this movie acknowledged for me, what it made me realize was the magic of the original series, of the original movies, was the dynamic between these characters, specifically the dynamic between these actors. No one could be James T. Kirk but William Shatner. Mm-hmm. impossible and and you know in watching the new movies uh with uh chris pine in the role right i think it's chris pine right yeah it's chris pine right. and he does a fine job you know he 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 has a, he does a good job of capturing uh the spunk the yeah. the, the rebelliousness that uh cockiness uh, the cockiness yes but yeah. no one no one is going to do it with the same styling with the same swagger yeah the same natural arrogance and cockiness that mm-hmm. William Shatner has. So th- I-, I had to compare the two. I just couldn't help it. The-, the the strength of this movie, the foundation of this movie is Kirk and Khan. Yeah. You have these two actors and Scott said it perfectly earlier in this episode. It they're the same motherfuckers, man. They're the same character. It, the, yeah. the roles could have easily been reversed, and the same shit, the same outcomes. It would have been the same type of story, and that's a compliment to me. In that, mm-hmm. it was on the strength of these two over the top actors. Ricardo Montalban was very much like William Shatner, arrogant, self, you know, cockiness, kind of that uh, machismo. Women loved them. You know, and and his portrayal of Khan is iconic for a reason. It's because it was Ricardo Ricardo Montalban as Khan. No one else could yeah. get that role, the presence that he did, and that's why this movie works so well. You know, I forgot that Khan, the character of Khan, was from the original syndicated series. Right? It it's a testament to the character to Montalban's performance as Khan that they pulled this out of their ass from a random episode of Star Trek and said, you know what? Let's build a movie around this motherfucker. And it worked. It worked. It was a great sequel, especially considering the thud that was the first one. And it stands to reason they changed writers, the studios, whatever they did, because it shows. It's It's a night and day difference between a this sequel and the first one in this franchise. That being said, yes, of course, there are a lot of things in this movie that didn't stand the test of the time, you know, visually. Surprisingly enough, a lot of the effects actually did still hold up. A lot a lot of the scenery, um, the space backgrounds, like I said earlier, just, just gorgeous. For the time, I'm surprised. I was like, and that made um, the other stuff that didn't hold up stick out like a sore thumb even more. 
you know, some of the, the, the space battles. It was like, like Scott said it perfectly again. It was like, he is the perfect analogy. It was like submarines. It was that slow paced, the, the space battles as compared to things like Star Wars, where everything's shooting and flying by and you're, they're doing all these, you know, incredible piloting in these ships and flying through Death Stars or whatever they do. This is like, you know, Cecil Turtle compared to stuff <laughs> like that. How good was it, man? I I thoroughly enjoyed revisiting this movie. It still holds up. I would watch this movie again in a second because, like Scott said again, um, this was when they started injecting the humor aspect to these things, and it made these characters more human, more relatable. The scene uh, that uh, uh, Dana just mentioned between uh, Kirstie Alley's character and Shatner in the elevator. And, you know, of course, you swear that, oh, forget about it. They're going to hook up. Oh, no. Yeah, he's definitely flirting with That's it. it. He's She's done. She's she's next in line. Like, she might as well just follow him to his room at this point. And, of course, that didn't happen. Didn't need to happen. But it was hinted at. And that's enough. And it showed the dynamic, how well Shatner, you know, he, he he's so great at mixing it up with whoever the rest of the cast is. Doesn't matter. He's Shatner. He, he has his role down pat. How good was it? It was very good. I'm not going to go as far as say damn good, but I actually enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought in revisiting it. So, uh, yeah, very good. Go, Scott. So coming into this movie, I'd always remember this as being my favorite Star Trek. Like if anyone asked me, this was always would have been Ralph. Well, yeah, yeah, of course, Ralph Khan. And I, I think I've heard that from other people. I, I'm curious, Junior, your friend who's a big Trekkie, if that's the case with him as well because i i think this is considered the best star trek film yeah i mean i i think you said it perfectly really you know to me it's it's shatner and khan and montaban uh, he nails the con he is so <laughs> over the top and he's doing it like a shakespearean actor and he <laughs> he's doing these soliloquies and he's just he is selling it every every ounce he is selling it and I am, I mean, to me, he's one of the greatest villains in movie history. I honestly, I think Khan is, is got to be right up there. You know, he didn't have a lot to do, but he, man, he's chewing scenery and he, every scene he's in, he is, he is all out. And Chatton yeah, is trying, is matching him. You know, there, it's like two heavyweights going at the same time. And yeah, this movie is funny. You know, there is a lot, the, the banter between the, these old men is is amusing you know they they know they're not young guys anymore and they know you know a lot of this is is just uh a lot of in jokes between the the lot of them and you know even though shatner's a bad dad you know he he uh <laughs> he <laughs> you still gotta like him right you you know you don't like stallone for being a bad dad but shatner I, i'm cool with shatner being a bad dad you know he didn't try like stallone at least you know he didn't he doesn't care that he has a son stallone cared but he just did all the wrong stuff yeah, there's, there's not much I can say other than I still love this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great seeing with the audience. The audience was really into it. They cheered. It, it was definitely an older crowd. It was a Gen X and baby boomer <laughs> crowd. There was nobody under 40 in this crowd. I I, I did enjoy it. And uh, how good was it? I, I think it was damn good. I, I, I was very happy to see it again. Yeah, it, it was a lot. Of, this movie is just pure fun. If you've never seen it, audience. Um, it's worth watching. Yes, you're gonna laugh at some of the tech, yes. at a lot, at all the tech, at the, <laughs> and the, the uniforms, decor, the and costumes. the hair. There's a, yes, <laughs> and the, the, the bad wigs and hair and Ricardo. But everything Boss else is great. Chest. But yeah. but it's just fun. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. it, it's not. 
you know, I don't think it was trying to be anything else other than what it is. It's it's a it's a fun science fiction movie. I think this movie is better than most of the Star Wars movies. I think there's a I couple agree. Star Wars movies that are better, but I think it's better. It's definitely better than the prequels and uh and probably all the, the newer ones too. You know, it uh this is about, this is a good movie. The the, the oh. difference, I think, the main difference between the star both franchises, Star Trek and, and Star Wars. And I'm gonna let's even, you know, just to narrow it down, I'll stick with the first halves, the first franchise the first installments of these mm-hmm. franchises right starring the original cast on both sides and and i think that was the main difference like star wars tried to be kind of a space opera right star wars yes. tried to take itself seriously and mm-hmm. it did a great job of doing it to, an, to a degree but there, there was something about the the star trek that was borderline schmaltzy you know that mm-hmm. and it knew it it was okay with it yeah, you know, like the cast and you know uh, of this movie, you know, Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, and and the rest, they knew, they knew it was like, you know, come on, it's Star Trek, <laughs> you know, yeah. Star Wars was a different thing, which I love, I love both franchises, yeah. but but Star Wars took itself more serious. It tried to be more, you know, intense and 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 melodramatic. Um, Star Trek had no pretensions. They were just like, "Yeah, we're slow, we're 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 corny, and you know, but it's okay because we get a lot of green space ass, so nah. it's, it evens out." Great choice, Scott. It was actually a great choice. I I really enjoyed this one. Thank William Shatner for coming to town, or I never would have thought of this movie. I would have got around to it one of these days, but yeah, Shatner coming to Tampa made. Uh, gave me the 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 light went off in my head to to do this movie. Oh well, I gotta thank William Shatner too, and and damn it, by all means, Mr. Shatner, uh, you're welcome to be a guest on our podcast. You can talk all you want. We'll stay quiet and just listen, and he, you can say he can do it two hours straight. No exactly, problem. exactly. The floor is yours. Except I can't speak for Dana. You might have to take it up with Dana. Dana looks like he'd have something to say to Shatner. But... I, I might pass out. <laughs> like, I can only, <laughs> can only take so many old people's stories. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything else we want to go no, into I as far as Star good. Trek 2? We've been going on for a while. We we got to give people a break. Yeah. They... Yeah. yeah. Um, An ear break? Yes. Well, it's all right. We'll just take one of those little space slugs and put it in their ears and oh. to listen. More. <laughs> yeah, um, right. You will like and subscribe. Yeah. With that, let's put an end to the second half of our Star Trek II Wrath of Khan episode. Thank you for joining us as always. And we thank you for your continued support. If you're inclined to like, follow, subscribe, uh, take a deep dive into our archives on YouTube and our RSS feed online, both video and audio. So whatever you want to indulge yourself in, please do so. Leave your comments. Let us know what other movies, retro or new, that you may want us to review. What are your memories about this movie, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan? We'd love for you to share them with us in the comments below on YouTube, via our email, how good was it? Pod at gmail.com. And that's about it. Say bye. Say bye, guys. <laughs> Say guy buys. Say guy buys. He got hit with a phaser. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what movie would you like us to review? 
Drop your suggestions by hitting us up at howgoodwasitpod at gmail.com.